The Fat Boy Show. Well, you're listening to The Fat Boy Show here on your number one station, RX Radio, where we bring you so much good music and cool, positive vibes. And there are a lot of positive vibes to be shared, particularly this morning, not just because we are here celebrating the new year, uh, which we are still very happy about. 2022 is feeling good so far. But also, uh, as Ugandans, we have a number of milestones to celebrate. Today, we're going to focus on one of them. That milestone being the success of the movie The Girl in the Yellow Jumper, uh, a film that uh, we heard last week or the week before had uh, managed to obtain uh, a, a streaming opportunity at Netflix. It is now available at Netflix, which is the world's largest uh, essentially film streaming platform. And to have a Ugandan film featured on there, available uh, on there for international audiences is just so amazing. And uh, now joining us to talk about that and uh, related things is uh, Lukman Ali, who is a director, producer, writer, cinematographer. He is mostly known for the film, The Girl in the Yellow Jumper. And also he's the director of 16 Rounds, The Blind Date and The Bad Mexican. That one came out in 2017. Uh, and, uh, you know, our main uh, focus today is going to be on one of his productions that has made news uh, all over the world, and that being the film The Girl in the Yellow Jumper. So if you haven't uh, fully grasped what the film is about, just to give you a brief background on it, it's a sort of mystery thriller uh, that Lukman Ali directed, which follows a man that escapes a hostage situation only to find himself in deeper trouble. It stars Rehema Namfuka, Philip Tuswata, Michael Wawuyo Jr., Michael Wawuyo Sr., uh, Gladys Oyenbot, and even Maurice Kiria, who I thought played a very interesting, prominent role uh, in that film. Lukman Ali, welcome to uh, the Fat Boy Show. Uh, you're very welcome here. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> also joining us uh, today is uh, Joe Tugaineo, who is a writer, director, and a film festival curator. Uh, he's also a script consultant, and he did collaborate uh, with uh, Lukman on The Girl uh, in the Yellow Jumper. So, uh, welcome to you too, Joe. Yeah, I'm just the entourage. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. threw, I threw him in there just to embarrass him. <laughs> 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 so yes, I, I was also there. <laughs> so how does it feel to now have a film that has all this international acclaim? Uh, it's now available for the world to see. Uh, do you feel like this is a huge milestone? Uh, it's a bittersweet uh, situation. Uh, Why do you say that? <laughs> because it's like that's my very first feature film. Mm -hmm. So I uh, there was so much gambling and so much like. I, I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest, for the most part. I uh -huh. think you remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's like, it's sweet that it's there, but it's also, it's it kind of sucks that that's the one that they took. I because, alright, uh, what you feel like there are other more deserving films? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, if I had made 16 rounds of feature-length film, I think that would have been more deserving, because I had more time to learn. Uh, you know, made 16, uh, Girl in the Little Jumper in 2019. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I had all those years to because I've been learning through mistakes. With, with each film you make, you try yeah, and make exactly. improvements, you exactly. use new techniques, yeah. uh, and so on and so forth. So, so that was like my film school project. So for those who don't know, tell us how it works. Um, I'm assuming you probably submitted the film for consideration to be on the platform. Is that how it happened? Did they then watch the film and say, yeah, this would work on Netflix? Or how did it happen? Actually, it, it worked it, it's very, very surprisingly. Uh, so I made a, a trailer, mm -hmm. and the trailer kind of uh, blew up. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got a, a message from someone that works uh, at Netflix. Mm. So they, they had seen the trailer. So 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, and so, then they're like, so they're like, oh, this is quite cool. Uh, do you have uh, um, a local distributor that you you would like to use? Because they they can't work with me directly. So then, uh, as in, that's their policy. That's their policy. Okay. I'm guessing maybe with African African films, because mm. there's a lot of paperwork that has to be done, and since most of us don't really have um, paperwork, paperwork. <laughs> so they'd rather deal with. They would rather deal with someone so that uh, they're not liable in case of anything. Okay. Yeah. So then I had to look for. Uh, they actually they put me in contact with someone that worked with before. So like you should work with these people because we've worked with them before. Ah. Okay. So, so once. So then I just reached out to those people, and and what took time was just finding paperwork. Like, what do I need to have? You know. Okay, so how long from when they first contacted you to when it was now put on Netflix? Maybe eight eight months, maybe. Ah, okay. So once you like, uh, thanks. Uh, guess what? I have some other movies. Here you go. Mm, no, because <laughs> I knew. Okay, this is when when I made that film. Mm-hmm. I quickly realized where my problems were. I like during the process actually. So by the time it was done. Um, when they locked us down, most people were like, "Oh my God, we missed the film." I was like, "Phew." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't it, know, but it, it was supposed to go <clears throat> to the cinema. Uh-huh. Mm. But then, when they closed the cinemas, I was like, "Oh, thank God," because then I, I had some time to fix some things that I could fix. There are some <laughs> things that couldn't be fixed, of course, uh, that were like you know fundamental issues that you, you like. There's like, some there's some narrative issues that you once you mess them up. You mean like how the scenes were composed or the, the no, editing no, no. or the not? It's more of the, actually the writing. To be honest, it's oh. more of the character thing. Ah, okay, that, yeah. now that's fundamental. It's fundamental. Like mm-hmm. for example, uh, I'll give you an example with the, the character of Jim. Mm-hmm. Now there's there's things that he should have said that could have changed the whole thing, but simply saying something like. If he just created some bit of urgency that he mm. had, he had to be home yeah. uh, in in a, in a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. That would have changed the whole thing. Yeah. Because now everyone would be, you, you know, he has to be home before this time. Yeah, sense or of else, urgency. This urgency. So if I so, if I understand you correctly, after having reviewed the <clears throat> film a few times, you got the sense that maybe a, a certain element of the story could have been told in a better way, and you felt bad that. Um, how is it you were feeling? You felt bad that you were not able to change that, or so I wanted to actually change some things, go back and shoot some things, but the actors had already changed and so many, so so much mm-hmm. had changed. So then I I thought to myself maybe I should put this energy into something else. Okay. So that's when I made the the blind date, and then I and then I made the sixteen rounds, and I was I was I could see the improvements. Like I could see that oh yeah, that was the problem, and once I fix that problem, now mm-hmm. I don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. So. So so now I'm more confident. I'm like, oh, it, it, it's getting better. I didn't have a problem with how the scenes were set up because those things actually had no problem. They had no mm-hmm. issues, you know. Mm-hmm. There's people keep complaining about the hands switching. That was something we did on purpose because <laughs> he was lying, and mm-hmm. we wanted it. We wanted the audience to see that this there are holes in his story. Well, that's. You know? I mean, I th- I feel like by the time people are noticing those sorts of things, it means they are taking the film seriously. They're paying attention to the details, yeah. Yeah. and I think. If I were a filmmaker, that would be the highest form of flattery. But I think Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it also speaks to like there's there's the cringe also filmmakers feel of like uh, I get the cringe that you felt. It's like going backwards. Like I've, I've fixed all these things like two movies later, mm-hmm. and now we're going back to the premiere of like this movie. <laughs> oh, kind exactly. of put a back burner. It's like uh, exactly like, all you can see is the mistakes. 
I'll give an example <laughs> like uh, Martin Scorsese when he did uh, Taxi Driver. Uh-huh. He was never going to end the edit because there was this mistake and that mistake and literally had to like yank the film from his hands. And even in the theater, he was just like cringing, premiere. He's like, oh, this is that mistake, that mistake. And but everyone else is like, this is amazing. And it seems like he's all, almost made it his signature because in many of his films, even the recent ones, you will yeah. see those, what some might call a continuity era where yes. someone is holding something in, in the scene and then when it cuts back to him the thing is in another place or something yeah. like that or um i saw that quite often in one of his films called the departed and i was yes yes you, do you also yes, notice yes, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like did he do that on purpose and i'm like yeah maybe that's his style watch uh, shutter island he goes crazy oh my that. god really <laughs> like someone yeah. is holding a glass uh-huh. and in the next scene but there, so there's no glass in the hand in, in the, the next hand. But it's but, like that. But, but, but it, it, it like, has to be like you feel like that. He made that on purpose. Yeah, but, but now I, like I guess I think that one was on purpose because it was like about a guy kind of going crazy without too many spoilers. So yeah. it almost like gaslights <laughs> you reality. Like, did I see him hold the glass just now? So you can use that as yeah. your excuse exactly. and, and for your critics. Yeah. Uh, speaking of critics, um, how has been the reaction? Do you do you follow what the critics say uh, now? Because of social media, everyone's a critic. Yeah, Everyone yeah, has something should, to say, yeah. and because social media essentially. Elevates uh, the negative mostly. Yeah. Uh, so where a lot of people that are frustrated go out to just spew poison. <laughs> yeah. How challenging was it to have to read through comments uh, of people giving feedback on the film? Yeah, you should shout out to your, your Twitter friend. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I, I think it didn't. It wasn't. Uh, it, it didn't hurt. Like. Uh, in that sense mm-hmm. it's just that I had gone through that already mm-hmm. by myself mm-hmm. with, the, with regards to the film yeah because the film came out it was done like around uh, uh, January 2020 mm-hmm. so I had all these years to just look at all these issues and I <laughs> and I came to to terms with them and yeah. I tried to fix them so it's it's mm-hmm. kind of like someone someone coming up with your let's say form 2 papers uh-huh. and yeah. they're like how can you fail that you're like it's not relevant anymore in my life. Like I've I've moved on so many times. Yeah. Like I don't really care about this anymore. So even if someone came and told you that, oh, you you you're stupid because you failed this, you're thinking. Yeah. Well, so to be critiqued for something that you've long since uh, left behind and moved on from and learned yeah. new lessons yeah. and so forth, it's kind of like critiquing you for your the relationship you had in 2010, let's say. Yeah. Uh, or saying. Or someone that, someone saying, oh, you used to walk funny when you were two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I've since learned how to walk, you know. All right, so obviously there was the first crop of critics when the film first uh, came out. Then, of course, now with the Netflix announcement and now with more people having watched it, because a lot of people did go to uh, Netflix and they actually did subscribe to it just Mm. to... Uh, check out the film which uh, Netflix should be uh, happy with you because they you are now opening up uh, the space to Ugandan subscribers so anyway uh, so that led to more critics and um, so I, as I was going through Twitter I noticed that yeah the, a lot of there was a lot of uh, adulation and praise uh, shown uh, to you for doing something great for the country and the film industry. At the same time, there were some that were just throwing shade the way some people just like to, yeah. right? <laughs> and so there's a popular uh, Twitter uh, influencer, or basically a total figure, uh, uh, sorry, a Twitter personality called Joy uh, Atukunda. I don't know if you saw this tweet from her. She posted this. She posted that Ugandans are such hypocrites. I mean, all those throwing hate at the movie. When it was announced to go on Netflix, everyone was praising Lukman. But after the movie's out, your comments are rather shocking. It's one thing to say constructive criticism, and it's another thing to be a hater. 
And I'm like, yeah, she makes sense. So do you know what I did? I I took a screenshot of that tweet. Then I posted it on Facebook. And then Facebook banned me. uh, Why? (laughs) For hate speech. Because the the tweet contained the words hater. Ah. And so it just got flagged by the algorithm. I'm like, how is this hate speech? They banned me for making fun of myself. I posted an old picture of myself. I was like, oh my God, look at the size of that head. (laughs) And they banned me. (laughs) For bullying. For bullying myself. (laughs) And I was like, but that's me. (laughs) But anyway, um, so uh, back to to the movie. So, uh, hey, it's on Netflix. Uh, Is the money coming in? <clears throat> How does this work? People want to know. So they, they pay you, of course, of course. But I'm not allowed to talk about like how how much they pay. Mm-hmm. But I it it is a very good. I think it's a very good addition to what we have because we have multi choice. Mm-hmm. So now that we have Netflix, uh, actually I had to choose between Netflix and Amazon. Uh-huh. And I chose Ooh. and I chose Netflix because I'm thinking this is what Ugandans would like they, to you know. Yes. But of course there were other people that were, were giving more money. Yeah. But it's just that Netflix just has that thing about it, you know. So it's kind of a marketing thing as well. Ha, okay, like, are you able to tell us like for Netflix, do they like give an upfront and then any sort of royalties thereafter or No, so so you you agree on on how much they're going to pay you? Upfront uh, up or well, it's not it's not like like upfront, but you agree on the on the price. And then they they give you that in threes, like at the beginning. Uh, so like after the film, the film shows like after maybe a month or something, mm-hmm. they pay you as uh, like uh, a third, and then they pay you another, and then they pay you. Ah, okay. Yeah. It, well, uh, in, in, you in know, the, the math makes sense. Duration of they have it for like three years, I think. Damn. Okay, and uh, so what does it feel like to go to Netflix and you see your movie uh, graphic the poster alongside uh, you know the films by people you admire jeez so I was, I was looking at um, like what's trending mm-hmm. and it was Don't Look Up then then my film wow wow then other films were co- I was like what wow this is crazy like wow. this is not even so I, I kept telling my, uh, my, 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 my brothers because everyone was like all over mm. I kept telling them that what if this was actually a good film like think about that imagine this, that this could have actually crossed <laughs> borders and it could have been like everywhere you know <laughs> think about that so, so it, 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 it and, 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 and the other thing was I thought if they took this mm-hmm. then it, it means that whatever I make next it's like <laughs> Obviously, just going to go through, you know. The, Amazing. The setup, the setup for that sounded like you're like, I guess we'll take anything. <laughs> no, no, they won't take anything <laughs> but, but actually, because yeah. because what happened uh, after they took that film, a, yeah. a couple of Ugandan friends sent me their films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I, I now I I know a distributor. Mm. Yes, yes, it's yes. as easy as just sending them the film, mm. and then they. So I sent them a couple of films. I think they're like three films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they said, "Nah, we're not interested in this kind of film." Okay. And I was thinking. Some of these films that were sent to me were actually, in my opinion, not like production-wise, mm-hmm. the production wasn't like that good, mm-hmm. I guess. But some of the stories were more interesting and they were more mature. Like they were done, they were created better, of, mm. of, of course, because they had like proper writers, you know. Okay. So I was looking at them. I was like, wow, why? And then the guy was like, oh, you see these kind of stories. We don't, we don't like like these stories that are trying to tell people how to live their lives you know like yeah, moral yeah, compass yeah, yeah. kind of things yeah like, yeah yeah like oh don't have sex details. until you're like right stuff those like overbearing that. so they're like nah this is not the kind of stuff we like so we, we were more interested in like uh, entertaining 
kind of feel so I was like okay cool so mm. it, it makes sense why people are more obsessed with who killed Captain Alex which you would look at and think this is <laughs> Well, it's, it's so bad it's so good yeah but, but people, people like it because you know you've had a hard day uh-huh. you come back home you watch that makes you feel better yeah not, not a film that's just going to make you feel worse right right okay well um it's funny that uh you know just uh, over the on uh, daniel omara show hear me out he was discussing this film with his guest that day um he was doing a review of it and it was interesting how they picked up on many uh aspects of the film that they believe uh you got inspiration from other filmmakers possibly those that you admire they mm-hmm. did mention quentin tarantino quite a bit they mentioned fargo quite a bit uh and uh, they i think they what do they call these things they call them uh Easter eggs. Is that mm-hmm. what they yeah. call them? Where yeah. essentially mm, filmmakers leave certain clues in certain scenes to be picked out by the attentive viewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that sort of becomes its own little thing itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, where in the background you uh, have a DVD mm-hmm. of a film for of Fargo. Uh, and so these guys were saying, yeah, you know, they spotted that DVD and they were like, yeah, that's them sort of paying homage to. The Every single DVD uh, you saw there, mm-hmm. I, I took something from that. <laughs> wow. So, is that how you construct your scenes? Is to always make sure you include something in there that can create conversation, that can give the viewer something to think about? Well, not, not like that. It's more like... Uh, because I've watched so many films, I've rewatched these films so much. Every time I think of a situation, like mm. in a story, I've seen a situation like that before in a film. Mm. So, I, I'm thinking... I, I could probably construct it like that, like they did. Mm-hmm. Especially since I'm working with no money. Right. It's easier for me to just think of how they did it, and then I think of, uh, I deconstruct that and make it easier for myself than me trying to come up with it all by myself. Because I don't have the money, I don't have the capacity to create That's the real story, Fat Boy. No money. How is he doing it? Well, uh, <laughs> and, and, and for someone to say that, uh, like, I, there's this comment that I saw. It's supposed to make me feel bad, but it made me feel amazing. Yeah. Uh, some guy in uh, Spain mm-hmm. who watched the film, and he wrote a comment. He was like, uh, "We watch. We, we get a lot of fake, uh, like, fake Vans or Adidas mm-hmm. s- sandals from China. You know? <laughs> we do get a lot of those, but this is the first time we're getting a fake sandal from Africa. That's ah. that's close to the original." Oh, but when you watch it many times, you realize that it has a lot of shortcomings. Oh, okay. kind of like any fake. Yeah, right, right. But when he when he said and he was comparing it to Tarantino, mm-hmm. it's like this is like a ripoff of Tarantino, like mm-hmm. a cheap. I was like, oh my god, that's such a compliment because it is a ripoff of 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 something like because those are like my heroes. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I'm working with like a fraction. I don't think that this is not even enough money for their lunch. <laughs> for one day and yet set. and yet someone is looking at it and th- they can see a bit of resemblance to, wow. some, to someone that big yeah. wow that's I mean that's they're not saying it's bad they're, yeah, they're saying, saying it's, it's a, a rip off <laughs> that's, that's where you want to be even if it's bad actually even if yeah. it's bad but the person the person watching it oh. the person watching it was able to see what I was trying to do ah. they're, they're, mm. they're, they're saying it's close like they can tell that oh <clears> I that scene looks like you've ripped it off from this. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. If you can actually think it's close enough for you to think I'm trying to be like then that that's, guy. That, then that's a good thing. That's a, that's a good it thing is. for me. So, it, now, you were mentioning how money is a constraint and, uh, and, and that this is something that people should always acknowledge. Not only is this 
accomplishment, remarkable because it's a Ugandan production, but that it came into existence with almost nothing, uh, yep. you know, from scratch. And so it's a true labor of love for everyone involved. Now, what happens when the money starts coming in? Do you think that's going to ruin your craft? Um, because I don't know if you've seen how sometimes Hollywood will hire independent, they'll be an independent filmmaker who creates a buzz uh, from some film they put out and then all mm. of a sudden one of the big studios in Hollywood says ah alright so we're gonna get that person to direct our next blockbuster so for example there's a film called The Eternals which was uh, directed by a Chinese <coughs> uh, film director who I think won an Academy Award previously for some extremely low budget independent film do you see money corrupting you and corrupting your filmmaking process in future I don't think it's the money that corrupts it's more uh, like before you have money, you're making the decisions and you're choosing things because they're like good. Mm-hmm. And now you have people and they're saying that, oh, you can't say that word because that might be sensitive to someone. Or oh, you can't do this, you can't do this. So they start pulling out all the things that used to make you, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because now they're the ones paying, you have mm-hmm. to do what they say. So it, it, it ends up not being the money that corrupts, but kind of the corporate interests. Like now you have to find the middle ground between corporate interests and art. Yeah. Alright, so and I think also at some point a filmmaker like you can get so creatively just bankrupt mm-hmm. along the way with with the money and because there's something about the struggle also that motivates that brings you. out the and the limitations as well that brings the best out of you. But if you just, at some point he would it, he might run into a problem where it's like Lukeman trying to imitate Lukeman, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, Lukeman, like that's why it, like kind of falls apart. Like when you watch some movies, like the like, Wachowskis, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. My goodness, pretty, Matrix pretty Resurrection. Much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much that, As in she trap. couldn't Outdo herself Nope yeah. So she didn't try <laughs> Yeah exactly Wow But anyway um, I would like to Congratulate you On this accomplishment And in fact Perhaps the best Compliment of all Is that uh, hmm, Not that I would Ever condone it But there are Certain websites Where people Make <laughs> films available In ways that They should not Be available And Boom it's also there. <laughs> so, so, so if the pirates have uh, have taken a liking to your film, it means it must be good. You need to screenshot that and like put it up on a, put it in a frame. Just frame <laughs> all your all your downloads, <laughs> all the download numbers. I didn't feel bad when I said it because I was like, I've been doing this for so long. Yeah. I'm taking other people's films, so I mean, it would <laughs> Who are be, you to complain? It would, it would be quite hypocritical for me to say that. How dare you? You know. <laughs> Yeah. I would be exactly like the people I don't like who laugh at every other joke until it's something about them. Do you oh, buy yeah. the argument that piracy makes a film more popular? Or do you believe it's something that should be fought aggressively? Which, if that were the case, you would have never gotten to enjoy the films that inspired you to become a filmmaker. <laughs> so it's a cash 22. <laughs> Leave alone that, I wouldn't, I would, I would, I've never been able to afford the softwares that I've used to make these films. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I think it's uh, it's like there's not people have been telling me, oh, we're seeing your, your film on the streets mm-hmm. of Kampala, like it's DVDs are out there and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. And they're saying this, uh, I expect me to like go up in arms and like try to get the police, try to arrest these kids yeah. who are like you know making three thousand off this. I'm thinking, well, you know, most of the guys in the film are going to get paid mm-hmm. by Netflix, so there's no reason to fight these people are just trying to make a living and and also the films need to get down to the people like exactly and as much as i wouldn't like that to happen but (laughs) Mm. i mean it it happens in the music industry people you get music for free 
but mm. somehow people make money off it. Yes. So yeah. we, need, we need to figure out a way of making money off the films uh, without having to like uh, arrest everyone for download because you can't stop that. There's no way. Exactly. Someone was sending me all this. Uh, it's downloaded by night. There's like a Niger uh, pirate website. Mm-hmm. And they're sending me screenshots and they're telling me, you need to report them. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like right. have you seen all the Disney films on this? Have you yeah. seen all these films on this uh-huh. thing? Now me? <laughs> to who? If Disney this can. Is like, this is like a Russian, it's, host, it's hosted in Russia. Like, how am I going to, you know, to who? Report to who? <laughs> actually, 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 Disney was complaining they lost, what, 600 milli on Black Widow? In really? pirate Piracy uh, downloads, basically. Yeah. That's wow. what they claim anyway. But, uh, the moment right. you put it up mm. for streaming, you can't like put it in and then kind of restrict it. No, like no, once no. it's there, it's there. Yeah. Once yeah. it's there, it's there. And, and also like Uganda, we still have a lot of work to do as filmmakers in terms of audience building. Because he's right. The guys that those DVDs are making it to are the audience that needs to support the movies <laughs> yeah. here first. Because yeah. if we're not being supported here, that <laughs> international acclaim is very hard to come by. Because a lot of us now find ourselves... Either you're like, look, man, and you're just like, screw it, I'll do whatever I want. Or you're like, you know, I'll make movies for white people. Because <laughs> they, they're the ones with the money. Yes. Because so, we have so many movies that tour out there, like international the, festivals and yeah. the like. And Ugandans have no idea they exist. Right, There's right. There's a film industry even. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm more partial to the idea that the film should be first loved here. Exactly. Before they're loved by people people it's abroad the because way. then what happens is you end up just making films for Bazung. exactly <laughs> and this is precisely why I make the kind of film that I make because mm-hmm. when I was when I was growing up I used to like like kung fu films action films stuff like that so yeah. that's what I make because I feel like if I try to change and make like like if super like what you'd call high heart yeah <laughs> high art yeah those, those, yeah, those I'm movies. thinking okay <laughs> That would probably make me look good with my peers, mm-hmm, but yes. I would have betrayed the thing that I I, I, I fell in love with because I was I got into films because I liked like Chuck Norris, Rambo. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I look at it now and I'm like, this is these are quite silly films, but yeah. they were made by very intelligent people. They, yeah, these, they yeah. knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. This is a film you get you get your friends, you get mm-hmm. some drinks, mm-hmm. you sit down. And you watch the ridiculousness of someone running with machine guns firing <laughs> and they can't get them. Yeah. And you think this is a good day. You know, you're having right, a, a right. fun time. So mm-hmm. when I'm making films, I'm trying to make films for people. Like, can Boda Boda guys enjoy this? Yes. Can yes. can my friends enjoy this? I like that. Can all these people mm. enjoy this? Now, mm-hmm. if I can get if I can grow that market. Yes. And I have people like you, you, you you're at a border stage and people are like, oh, this Lookman has, has, has put out a new one, mm-hmm. right? Now, if it's going to be in the cinema for, let's say, a week, mm-hmm. yeah. I can get some of these people to come and watch it before it becomes available for the pirates. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. the, the bigger that audience gets, mm-hmm. the bigger, the, the more numbers I'll get on that first week where exactly. I can make money out of it. Yeah. And that's the goal. If I can get to that point where I have uh, that many people mm-hmm. waiting for the film, I think... I was also going to just add, I think the, the whole his mainstream appeal approach also kind of speaks to how he even makes his movies. Because mm-hmm. I think when we when we even met to like talk about Girl in the Yellow, Yellow Jumper, yeah. Because again, yeah, he was consulting on everything. He was he was green about a few things, but he's a brilliant like visual filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And the way he approaches stuff is he just does the whole storyboard, just like draws everything out. Wow, and it just like works. I guess yeah. You you just make images that excite you, and the images I excite the audience. Exactly. 
So what <laughs> does he say? What there. does he say to this guy before yeah. shooting him? Exactly. So oh, he doesn't do things cool? in that conventional <laughs> way of like, oh, I'm going to first uh, make an official script and then blah blah blah. It's wow. Just, so it's, it's the image. It's very, it's very intuitive wow. filmmaking as opposed to structure. Everyone has their own unique process, exactly. and I think that's what makes a filmmaker unique. Exactly. I shared about Mexican script with you, wasn't it? Like bullet points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> and you're telling me, well, there's a there's a structure. I had no idea <laughs> about any of that. But but funny thing is I'm actually moving more into like actual script writing because oh, nice. I've been realizing how how much it kind of holds the whole thing back. Mm-hmm. Like I've gotten to a point where I'm so comfortable with the visuals. Yes, yes, that, yes. That now it's no longer something that I, I, I need to think about so much. Like it oh. just comes naturally. So now the thing that I really need mm-hmm. is to make the story more appealing. And people keep telling me that, oh, look, man, you need to make stories like these. And I'm like, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> you know? Are you? Do you operate uh, within the three-act traditional three-act uh, structure of, of films, or is it, you know, be, essentially? It's a very good question because this is what happened. <laughs> I wrote the script of Damba. You know, it's, it's, yes, it's inspired Damba. by. Uh, okay, it's coming from sixteen rounds. Yes. So yes, sixteen yes. rounds is already is going to be part of that film, mm-hmm. like the. So Damba is the prequel. So yeah, Damba shows you the before, mm-hmm. then sixteen rounds, then the after. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I have that written down and I'm thinking, okay, cool, this is quite cool. Like, it, someone comes from there, then they go there, then they go there. Then I go and watch Spider-Man, mm-hmm. the new one. Yeah, yeah. And then it reminds me, because they did the whole thing. You watch it too, is it showing? Yeah, it's showing at the cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, really, what cinema is open? They're, they're all open now. They're all open, yeah. oh, nice. So I went to <laughs> watch, watch this film. Okay. Watch this film and it reminded me of how uh, three acts structure supposed to look like I was like oh my god I only have two acts I only have the first and the third I'm missing the second and I'm thinking oh no wonder it felt like when I was was, when I was looking through my script I was thinking this is it happens so easy it's like this guy he just gets what he wants Mm, there's a a thing missing in the middle where things are supposed to like fail and stuff and I'm like oh yeah that's, that's the th- that's the second one in the middle that I've, I've been right playing. and you and usually that's the the more interesting one because it's where you're actually seeing the character develop uh, yes and, and have most of it, you know the character's growth so yeah I think yeah. Uh, and as you said earlier you know yeah. with each film you're making you're learning new things and applying new tricks so um, I think one can only expect that with each future project that you do it's just going to get better and better and uh, I don't know do you ever feel you'll get to a point where you'll feel like yeah I've done it. Or yeah. do you always feel with your movies that, ah, do you always feel you could have added something more? No, I feel like there's a point I get to and I'm like, I'm quite happy with that. Because, like, like, let's say in The Blind Date, there's mm. a scene that I'm really happy with. The mm. scene where the, the, the table scene, yeah, where they yeah, shoot yeah, each yeah. other. Yes, yes. I'm so happy with that scene because I feel like it. the one, the pigeon, mm-hmm. we're talking about pigeons. So happy about that. That was dope with the fan and yeah. the light. So, so nice I'm so happy with that scene. So I think I can get to a point where I'm happy with the entire film. Okay. Okay. All right. That's so, good. And, 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 and there's people that have been telling me online, especially coming from mostly filmmakers, like, oh, look, man, you really suck at writing. You should stop <laughs> writing, get someone else to write. <laughs> and I always think about this. I'm like, <clears throat> it's kind of like finding a child, mm. like three years old, and you're like, you know, this kid is good at walking, but they should. The, the, the talking is not working. Exactly. They should just mm-hmm. give up. You know? <laughs> they should just get like an interpreter. Because it's like, why, why are they trying? Like, the, the, they're not making any sense. Yeah. They should stick to uh, maybe crying and looking because their eyes work mm-hmm. and hearing. But the whole talking and walking, mm. they're not yet there. So I guess. They should the, get them a wheelchair. So, so how is it? Do you feel like uh, you should just be left 
to do what feels right for you? Do you feel like you shouldn't be listening to <clears throat> advice from people who may have suggestions for how you can e- improve your films even further? Do you, do you feel like they don't know what you're doing so they should leave you alone? No, no, no. I'm not... <laughs> no, no, definitely not like that. Like, I am willing to... Like, all the criticism that was uh, I was I was getting from Gali the Yellow Jumper, problem is that I've been... I've been looking at that for two years. Okay. So you're not really telling me anything new. So most people tell me something and I'm like, oh, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like oh, you, you, this is new information. So right. I agree with this. But usually the criticism that I hate is when people tell me to quit. Because I'm thinking, <laughs> I've been drawing for so many years. And, and when you look at my drawings, you're like, those are like perfect, almost photographic. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But then you're telling me this thing I've only done for three years, I should stop. And I'm thinking... Yeah, you'll never make it, man. It's crazy. I can't just stop because I'm not good. <laughs> I have to try and yeah. I'm good enough, you know? Yeah. So when, when it comes to also criticism, it's I, I know how it is. When I watch a film, like I watch a Marvel film, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, yeah, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Could I make a film like that? No. So I know, again, because I've criticized movies that I can't make, I know it's easy to look at those things from the outside and mm-hmm. you're thinking that I, this could have been better. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you can't do it. So I only want to get criticism from people that are doing the same thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And they know. And the funny thing is that all, like I, I, have, I have some guys in Hollywood that have watched this, guys in Nollywood, mm-hmm. people that actually make films. Mm-hmm. Yes. And do you know what they, 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 they tell me? Mm-hmm. They point out the things that I do really well and then they tell me that uh, you, I think you can improve this by doing this. So they give me solutions yes. to how I can improve my problems. Okay. And that's what I want to hear. Not people that, someone who, who, wow. some, <laughs> someone who sells medical supplies, and they're telling me, oh, look, man, I think uh, that guy shooting a bullet can't be that. I'm like, it's a film. <laughs> <laughs> of course, bullets are going to act strange. Because it's a film. I'm not yeah. trying to make a documentary. Well, you know? yeah, Someone yeah, yeah. was telling me about 16 rounds. And they're like, oh, look, man, I watched your movie and the planes were flying too low. I'm telling you, too low, bro. Planes land on the ground, so they're like they even get what? like millimeters mm-hmm. off the ground before they land, right? Mm-hmm. And if someone can abort a landing mm-hmm. in a commercial plane uh-huh. and they get that close and then they take, what do you think of a jet that's designed to do just that? You know, mm-hmm. maybe you've never seen it in real life doing that, mm-hmm. but a film should be able to like wow. Man, I feel your reality. pain. You're dealing with a lot of people just and, trying and to waste what? your time. I like try that. to explain to these people because it's a new market, and I try to like, okay, these are people that probably don't know this. That you know, mm. they're watching my film and they're comparing to a Marvel film that has so many billions and so many yeah. people. Mm. And I, I'm the same guy doing the cinematography. I'm doing the editing. I'm doing the VFX, and I'm doing the research. Yes. On how on how a certain bullet works, right? <laughs> you know, so they so, should cut you some slack, <laughs> you know. And I'm not saying that I, I I'm uh, I'm like immune to criticism. Mm. I of course I I know there's some uh, things that need to be worked on, but mm. it's like when you're giving this feedback, you know, you need to understand. I think so. Uh, mm. Where these people are coming from, mm-hmm. like what are we working with? You know, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So, but uh, having said that, I think uh, you know, given the body of work you've produced so far, you know, mm-hmm. films like uh, you know, Girl in the Yellow Jumper, The Bad Mexican, and The Blind Date, and so forth, sixteen rounds. I think you should only feel proud of what you've done. I think uh, no one should ever make you feel like uh, you know you've not uh, done something. Uh, and so, me as a fan, you know, I'm like to I'd like to congratulate you, and I'd like to wish you the best in all of your future projects. Which, by the way, are you able to quickly tell us what you're working on next? So right now, uh, because I promised to do Damba, mm-hmm. 
<coughs> before I before the the whole thing blew up, mm-hmm. I kind of have to do it because I promised to do it. <laughs> but I have a TV show uh, that I'm uh, trying to uh, create. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think is going to be quite uh, amazing. Yeah, you could oh, make maybe make the next uh, Squid Games. Like the, uh, in other words, the next Netflix phenomenon. Yeah, I think the TV show that I'm I'm trying to create will be quite. I think okay, it might be a hit in East Africa because, and I know people say this. Everyone says this about the idea. They're like, oh, this mm-hmm. is really good, mm-hmm. but I've failed a lot. So mm-hmm. I know when I have a good thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because, of, because of my previous failures, mm-hmm. I know that okay now, judging from how people reacted to this, yeah. if I do this in a series uh, kind of style, yes, I know I, I know I'll have people, and I'm I'm, I'm quite decent at making uh, cliffhangers, so I know. I Great! Could, I could so, probably get uh, an audience. Through okay, that. definitely looking forward to that and uh, whatever else you'll be uh, coming down with, uh, you know, c- coming up with down the road. But I want to thank you for uh, joining us today on the Fat Boy Show to talk about your film and uh, the craft of filmmaking. Also, thanks to Joel for uh, hanging out yeah, I was also here. <laughs> with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, let me collect my small, small clout actually before I go. So this man had left the movie in a drawer. You guys were never going to see it again. Like he, no, he had. He, he was like, no people have forgotten about it. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to let it quietly die in the background. Yeah, and then I do my other projects. Then he sent me a screener to like watch, and I was like, yo, just just to premiere it, people will fucking love this movie. So Uganda, Netflix. You have me to thank. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the reason okay. we can watch this yes, show. Yes, the reason you can watch this. I see. There's a, <laughs> All right. there's a point I was like, yeah, this. I don't think people should watch this. They're, yeah. they're way too excited for it, <laughs> and they'll be so disappointed. Oh, yeah. And the more time that passed, I was like, these people are going the to be like, oh, it was. It wasn't worth the wait. You it's like, it's like, like Avatar too. I really hope that pays off for uh, oh, James man. Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ten, more than ten years it's coming. Very man. unlikely. Yeah. Very unlikely. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, it's been wonderful talking to you, uh, gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much for being on the Fat Boy Show. Uh, and obviously, we're going to look you up but keep track of what you're doing. And hey, uh, don't be surprised if you hear from us saying, please come back and talk to us. I hope uh, you'll join us again. Oh, then. for sure, man. We had fun. All right, guys. Well, uh, happy new year once again and uh, enjoy your day. Yeah, right. we're alive, man. Cool. This is what music was created for. Radio.